is the Straight From The Net podcast with Jamie and Danielle. We say bad words and talk about inappropriate things that you may not want your coworkers, small children, or the easily offended to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Guess what? It's another episode of the Straight From The Net podcast. I'm Danielle, and I have a special guest today. The one, the only, the only one that can stand me, Bruce. My husband. Yay! <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> so, Jamie is in Vegas right now with her pool league team. Uh, I just found out that they are done now. So, I guess whatever happened, happened. I don't know how does pool work. Like, they got bumped out. So, their team is done now. Um, they didn't go all the way, but they went pretty damn far, apparently. And Jamie is living her best life out there. And she's going to tell us all about it on next week's episode. Well, yeah, I'm actually a little bit uh, jealous because they went to Count's Customs and, uh, you know, that's one of my favorite shows. Um, I'm into cars, um, you know, so if I ever went to Vegas, I want to want to go to Count's Customs and I'd also want to check out the uh, the, pawn stop, the Pawn Stars. Yeah, I've never really got into any of that. I probably want to see like shows or something. I don't know. I'm not really a gambler, but there's so much you can do there. So they have like all the different weird museums and that kind of stuff. So I think that's pretty neat. You would probably want to go out to the bunny ranch and just like drive out there and just see, because your disgusting little ass would be like, we're not that far. Can we just go look at it? <laughs> we can just look at them. We don't have just to. Just from the outside. We don't have to buy. We can just look. We don't have to buy. <laughs> Oh my God. So we actually, um, <laughs> we were talking to, we have like a therapist, believe it or not. So we have like a couple therapists that just sort of keeps us tuned up. And yesterday, um, they, she said it would be a great idea for you to come up with like a, a safe word. So if you guys start to get frustrated with each other and you really don't want to go there, you use the safe word. And he was like, well, how about vanilla? Because she's vanilla. And I thought that was really shitty to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how dare you? You are perfectly happy. And yes, um, very, so, very, very happy. I know. So I look at him and I'm like, oh, vanilla. Am I vanilla? Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am very happy. I love her more than anything in this world. And I know some days she probably doesn't believe it, but, you know, mm. it's truth. So. Mm-hmm. And now we have this busy, crazy ass life with four kids, and we never get a break ever. Oh, we're getting ready to go away! I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. We're gonna go away for the night. Oh my god! But, but the big news is though, is my son Christopher is getting ready to turn 21, and he's gonna turn 21 right before he leaves for boot camp. So let me just tell you how bad my heart is just falling apart, my chest. And we're gonna have a nice little party for him and. I get to be, you know, get to have like his first drink with him. And it was funny. We, I decided like, Hey, let's, let's do your birthday party. And, uh, I'm like, we're going to do it on your birthday though, because his birthday's on a Saturday. I was like, so you can tell your dad he can do something the next day. <laughs> <laughs> like how petty can I possibly be? But yeah, it'd be nice, you know, sorry. I didn't, you know, it'd be nice to take him out for a beer, hang out with our friends and, uh, and family, and family. And then, uh, Maybe just have like a little talk with him. I'm sure he knows uh, about being responsible with drinking. And now that he's 21, uh, don't drink, get behind the wheel, things like that. You know. I don't know if 
he would though. That's what's so funny. He's like could care less about any of this stuff. Actually, I said, I said, what do you want for your first drink? And he was like, I would like a tequila sunrise. <laughs> I was like, no, you're gonna get a beer and you're gonna like that. <laughs> like, and he was just laughing. He said that's the only thing he could come up with. I'm like, all right, and come on, Laney. And Laney, our resident, uh, what is it, dog, furry dog mascot, is still trying to heal from her surgery. So if you hear her licking behind me, that's what it is. It's her licking. But anyway, um, so again, Jamie's going to come back next week, and Bruce is happy to sit in and, and help me out this week. But I wanted to start with something that... <laughs> I was like, this is just fantastic. So according to 6abc.com, Satanists convinced Delaware County, Pennsylvania school district to alter their dress code. Okay. I know. And I was like, oh, wow. I'm like, that's one of those one things where like, well, if everybody else has to do it, then you have to do it for us too. So this is in Media, Pennsylvania. It says a local satanic organization has convinced a school district in Delaware County that its dress code was discriminatory against Satanists. Joseph Rose, the founder of a local organization called Satanic Delco. Mm, okay. Don't you love it? Just Delco in general. Yeah. Delco. Yeah. I, hear, I hear about it a lot when President Steve about Delco. I'm, you know, I don't know. Uh, so go ahead. Go ahead. It says, <laughs> the founder of a local organization called Satanic Delco says fellow Satanists with children attending schools within the Rose Tree Media School District made him aware of the verbiage in the dress code banning any clothing or gear that are satanic in nature. The idea that a public school would allow religious expression in school but choose to single out and prohibit the expression of one specific religion obviously seemed like a problem for us, Rose said. It took about a month of consistent emails and phone calls to the district before the superintendent sent an announcement reading in part, Although we have had no complaints or concerns brought forward by any student, parent, or resident, we will remove this language from our current dress code information in the student handbook. You know damn well when they're sending emails and doing calls, we're like, don't fucking call them back. <laughs> like, don't email yeah. them back. Just ignore them. This is a bunch of BS. No. If somebody wants to wear their little Nas X uh, new shoes with the, the satanic symbols and uh, apparently the blood and the heel, you know, that's probably what that's about. I don't think anybody's affording those shoes. <laughs> I don't know. Those shoes have got to be ridiculously expensive. Oh, they are. I, mean, I can't imagine any kids walking around with the Nas X shoes with their blood in it. <laughs> well, uh, you never know, though, these days. You never know. You, you I, don't know, I used, though. I used to collect shoes back in my heyday, and it would be nice to be able to start doing that again. You know, um, So, I mean, I, I've, I've spent $300 on a pair of shoes and not even looked twice. Just, you know, Sometimes I bought four or five pairs of shoes at a time, spent over $1,000 a footlocker. Uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, one time I was in the Concord Mall, totally different Foot Locker, and somebody that was working at the regular Foot Locker, Christiana Mall, saw me walk through the Concord Mall like, hey, hey, you going to come in and buy some shoes? Because that, that's how often I was there. I was there every single week. Ah! Every single week I was buying a new Jordan. It dropped usually uh, on a Saturday morning, and I used to camp out Friday night, Saturday morning, and I used to go in there and just get every pair that dropped for, I don't know, probably about six, seven months. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you've got four kids now. Right. <laughs> so now your little broke ass ain't going to be doing that and has no. not been doing that. Actually, it was cute. He came in here earlier and he was like, I think I'm going to need a new pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but your shoes are like $200 shoes. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any old way. So it says, after reading the entire statement, Villanova law professor Ann Giuliano said the district probably did the right thing. 
I really do like the way they phrased it. They recognize that there could be religious beliefs that that issue, not that there are, but there could be, and therefore they would take it out, she said. But most of the people Action News spoke with in media says it makes you wonder when exercising your rights goes too far. I wouldn't want a satanic or cultish anything on school or clothing in schools, said Lisa Kutrufello of Clifton Heights. It's like a free speech issue. Are they going to allow Nazis to be able to put symbols on kids' shirts and send them to school? Said Donna Willis of media. She's kind of got a point. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you think about it, they kind of got a point. Meanwhile, Rose said he would continue to fight schools and their dress code decisions. It sort of raises awareness for Satanists. <laughs> what we are, what we're not. And maybe helps empower us a little uh, when we have to reach out to the next high school, which I'm doing, he said. Now he's just being an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know what, that's, I don't know, maybe that's kind of hard to say because he's not wrong. So they truly believe it, right? But they kind of remind me of, um, what's the calendar, uh, the calendar heads? Who were they? The Rastafarians? Um, you know what I mean? Like the ones that they said they're like. With the dreads? Uh, yeah, yeah, but now it's like, um, it's, I don't know, it's some bullshit religion they came up with and they like actually got granted like religious status. And I forget what the hell they're called, but they wear like a calendar on their head. Okay. They're like spaghetti people, something like that. I forget what they were calling. Never heard of that. Oh, God, I don't know. I can't remember what it was. Like, if Jamie was here, she would know what it was, because I think we've talked about them before. But it's almost kind of like, (laughs) they're just like being annoying to be annoying now. Right. Like, in all of the time that they've been in school, like, since schools have existed and they've had to have dress codes, they've never even had this happen. But this guy gets along. He's like, you know what? Oh, fuck you. I love the devil. And it's like, well, we're going to fuck with your dress code because we can. You always got somebody that, you know, wants to bust against the system. You know, you always have that. So maybe this is the guy that, you know. Well, it says Rose has already launched a similar campaign involving the Garnet Valley School District, which currently prohibits, prohibits clothing and gear with satanic or cultish imagery. According to Satanic Delco's website, Jesus Lord. The group does not worship Satan, but rather believes that religion can and should be divorced from superstition. We do not. Well, that's interesting. Well, why call it Satanic Delco then if you don't really believe in you're not worshiping Satan? I'm confused. He says we do not promote a belief in a personal Satan. To embrace the name Satan is to embrace rational inquiry removed from supernaturalism and archaic tradition based superstitions. Satanists should actively work to hone critical thinking and exercise reasonable agnosticism in all things. Our beliefs must be malleable to the best current scientific method or understandings of the material world. Never the reverse. Read a statement on the website. So why call, you know, it's almost. It kind of sounds like agnostic. I know, but I'm just to me, it's like, if that's what you are, then why can't you just be that? Like, why do you have to be so titillating with it? Right. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not really worshiping Satan and you're trying to, like, demystify all these things and, you know, what have you, like, why even bother calling calling yourself Satanic Delco if that's not who you are? It almost sounds like they're just trying... All right, do you ever meet someone who just thinks they're so smart? Yeah, I think it could be, like, I don't know, maybe for attention. Yeah, you know what I mean? But it's, like, one of those things where they're like, I'm just so smart and everything I say is just so smart. Yeah. And it's right, right, right. Yeah, um, they're not open to like I guess other opinions or however. I don't know. I'm, I'm not really. I don't really like people that are very like they're you know what they say is right and can't be any like no. There's some you know. Well, nobody likes those kinds of people. Those people are what we call assholes. Yeah. 
You know, nobody likes those people. There's those people si- aren't good people. Two sides to every story. I mean, you know, when I'm wrong, I can admit when I'm wrong. You know, there's a lot that I know. Like when it comes to automotive, uh, especially, there's a whole lot that I know. But if I'm wrong about something, hey, you know, I can admit when I'm wrong. I'm giving him side eye right now because I don't see him giving those things very often. I have told you. When have you times. ever said? <laughs> I have told you a few times when I was wrong and I realized you never wrong. said it that way. Never. You just sort of hope it goes away and, and try to love on me more. <laughs> <laughs> That's his way of apologizing. It's like it'll just go away. <laughs> The more I love on you, the more you might forget. I don't know. I don't know. I know you're like, just stop bringing up things that we'll talk about in therapy. <laughs> 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 but anyway, so there was this other thing that came up. So a lot of people have been talking about Elon Musk yes. lately. And apparently he is like so rich that you need to like reinvent rich. Yes. So I was like, wow, that's some interesting shit right there. So that's one thing they were talking about that. Like he's rich in a lot of weird different ways. And I don't have that article, but what I do have. Yeah, what? I don't have the article either. I did read it the other day where he is like, I don't know. He, he they just made he's like the richest man right now, uh, or at least when I read that article, he was like the richest man uh, in the U.S. if not the world. You know. Well, it says this is one from Insider, and I thought this was kind of neat anyway when they were talking about it in general. But it says Elon Musk's Hyperloop concept could become the fastest way to travel. And I'm kind of wondering, like, how you would put up with that. Because I'm thinking the G-forces alone would just, like, tear you up. Like, going through these, like, Hyperloops or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, it says, this is the future of high-speed transportation. It's three and a half times faster than Japan's Shinkansen bullet trains and even faster than a Boeing 747. It's a Hyperloop magnetic pod levitating inside a tube at more than a thousand kilometers per hour. In theory, you could go from LA to San Francisco in just 45 minutes with tickets less than a hundred dollars one way. I don't really know how far away LA is to San Francisco in general. So, I mean, it it makes it sound like 45 minutes is like, wow, holy shit. But I don't really know how far away it really is. It says, this technology could make working and living in two different cities a norm while also creating a world with less congestion and pollution. That's kind of neat, if you think about it, too. You better get uh, your physical and get your heart checked before you're going that fast, though. So I'm wondering, like, how would they be able to put you on something like that without the G-forces, like, making you ill? Because regardless, you're going so fast that, that, I mean, you're still dealing with gravity, I would think, right? I mean, I know they know what they're doing because they're already doing something similar, but anyway, it says, with a successful human test ride in November 2020, we could be less than 10 years away from it becoming a reality. The concept of a Hyperloop became wildly popular in 2013 thanks to Elon Musk's 58-page Hyperloop Alpha paper that outlined the design, cost, and safety of the concept. But the technology to bring it all together commercially was only recently fine-tuned, namely magnetic levitation, or maglev. Maglev is basically what allows a Hyperloop to go incredibly fast thanks to the lack of friction between the passenger carrying pods and the the tube-shaped track. The general concept is simple. Magnets lining the bottom of the pod repel the tube material, levitating the pod as it turns. So I'm like, that's kind of neat. Let me see. Passive Maglev uses permanent magnets in a specific configuration to create a constant magnetic current that levitates the pod, similar to the magnets you might have played with as a kid. 
Active maglev uses a combination of permanent magnets and electromagnets, the latter which can manipulate the current, the electric current and the strength of that current. Right. That's kind of neat. Yeah, it's basically no mechanical parts. It's all magnets, uh, less maintenance and all that. Um, but to answer your one question, um, L.A. to San Fran, uh, driving in a car, uh, it's roughly six hours, ten minutes. Oh, my God. Wow, really? Yes. So to go 45 minutes, that's, that is wild. Yes. I mean, you technically could work, you know, in LA or San Francisco or something and get on the Hyperloop and be able to get to work in 45 minutes. Like most people commute that anyway. Yes. Wow. Well, it says in November, 2020, uh, Josh and Sarah, whoever the hell those people are, I don't know. It's like up further up in the article that I kind of like looked over um, for Virgin Hyperloop became the first people to ever ride a Hyperloop. The two-seat prototype Hyperloop travels 500 meters, reaching 170 kilometers per hour within 6.25 seconds. I'm assuming that's pretty fast. That's pretty fast. Yeah. And it said, uh, Giggle, said you felt a bit forced back in your seat. You really couldn't even notice the levitation. Like, you couldn't notice it pick up. But when you, but what you did notice is there wasn't that kind of jerkiness. The camera didn't do it quite justice because the camera was bouncing around a bit more than we were. And it was a little bit more of like a cushion or like a pillowy type of feeling. You could process everything that was going on around you. You're basically coasting and you're floating on an idea that was nothing more than something on a piece of paper not all that long ago. So I guess that's kind of what they were saying. Like, okay, yeah, you can kind of feel pushback, but you're not like so pushback that you're like, oh, fuck. Like I'm on these right. G-forces and I can't even function so that's kind of crazy um it says hyperloop hyperloop tt is currently in the works to build and test a full-sized project in abu dhabi its first potential u.s project will run from chicago to cleveland really chicago to cleveland is that like i mean would you that's kind of that seems kind of weird right yeah and that's you know virgin hyperloop will be building its new certification testing facility in west virginia in 2022 including a 9,600-meter track to be used for testing and establishing regulatory and safety guidelines. Let me see. It says, around 2025, we're attending to certify a fleet of vehicles of the 28 passenger vehicles. God, that's kind of neat. So they have plans to be all over the place. But, I mean, that is, I mean, if you do think about it, so Elon Musk, not only did he have a baby, you can't even pronounce his fucking name, by the way, with, like, the weirdest woman in the world. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I don't understand her at all. Like, at all. And maybe that's just because I'm getting so old. Right. I'm thinking it might be. I don't know. Um, But then he sits down and he's like, wow, like, we could do this Hyperloop thing. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's going to go really fast. And it's going to change the way we travel. And then, like, you know, a year later, they're, like, putting it together. Like, making it work. Like, how insane is that? Right. Uh, I, I was watching a video. Uh, I believe it was his ex-wife. Or somebody was talking about him saying you know, how creative he is um he's always thinking about things i guess you know when he was younger he kind of grew up from nothing not really having much and um you know his life was kind of dirt it was messed up it was like and i guess you know using his brain and everything and th thinking creatively he's you know made a better life for himself um, right and now he's i guess helping others uh trying to travel faster more efficient um you know he's got a rocket that went up in the space. I mean, 
No. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. But it is kind of funny, though, because if you get into a wreck with one of those Teslas, it's like the whole, didn't you say the whole bottom half of the car is like the, the battery? The battery, yeah. And the battery is like almost more expensive than the car? Um, A battery is roughly, in like the older Teslas, I want to say the batteries go for about 12000 and the newer ones are like around 20000 for the battery. Um, I was watching a video where somebody ran over some road debris and broke uh, one of the cooling inlets to the battery and... The Tesla dealership was like, okay, well, we need to replace your battery. And it's going to be, you know, 12000 some dollars and plus whatever labor. Well, they ended up taking to another shop. It's like a kind of a mom and pop shop, but they also specialize in Teslas. And they basically, that inlet that busted, they were able to uh, cut it flat and somehow put a new, like, metal nipple on it and basically, basically fixed it for, like, I don't know, maybe two or three thousand, you know, as opposed to twenty thousand for a new battery or twelve thousand for a new battery. What they do just like create the part that they needed it, like a machine shop thing. Yeah, they kind of like said so they kind of the broken. It was like a I don't know. I call it a nipple. It like sticks out. Yeah. Um, they cut it off. Flat. You were always thinking of dirty things. <laughs> no, I'm not. You know, all the time. I, I mean, I do, but now this. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to be trying to be technical, but. Technical. They basically they basically cut it off. (laughs) It's called a nipple technical. I don't know. That's what that's what we called it as technicians. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But they basically cut it flush, and then they put a new like they threaded a new nipple on, and basically sealed it up where that nipple is, so it basically won't leak. It's like a cooling system for the battery. I myself don't know a whole lot about uh, Tesla itself or EVs. Um, I'm more into like American Muscle and you know gasoline cars, but I mean it is pretty cool some of the things that they can do. Um, well, let me just say when Bruce and I got together, um, he was driving a piece of crap Kia, and he hated that damn yeah. car. And I got me a new car, and he went he drove that all the time. Yes, and did. then you and then that was fine. Remember how? fine that was because as long as you weren't driving the Kia you were totally fine with driving my car I was fine well there was a <laughs> lot of meaning behind the whole Kia thing I know but in general you hated the car anyway you hated it hated it hated it <clears throat> yes so you would drive my car yes we'll speed up to a couple months later when he finally gets the money you know all the money he needs for <laughs> his new baby which is a Dodge Ram like you know the whole blacked out Dodge Ram so he finally gets that thing, Got and now hand. all of a sudden, my car's not good enough for his little ass no more. Uh, it, it's good enough, because this gets like, uh, I don't know, like 24 miles to the gallon, where I'm getting about 12. I know, but you're like, I hate when we have to drive your car, because I get out of it, and it's like so hard to get out of your car, and your car doesn't have any ass in it. My truck has a Hemi. Yeah, well, you know, that one time we were, I was going across a lane of traffic in your car, <laughs> I thought we were going to die. I stepped on it and it was like... And it didn't go anywhere. It reminds me of the uh, the train that could. And it's, a, it's a little... It's a little, <laughs> little Nissan... little engine that could. Yeah, a little engine that could. It's a little Nissan Rogue four-cylinder. And I'm like, eh, I mean, it's, it's good on sport. gas. It's a Nissan Rogue Sport, though. All right. Well, it's good on gas. And it, yes, it's very economical. And it's a sharp car. And it's perfect for you. But to me, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just that, that Hemi, you step on the gas and it snaps you back. You're going. Um, and that's what I'm used to. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's like, uh, now we take my car because gas prices are so expensive that, you know, your baby has to sit a little more now yes, because it it's so freaking expensive. And we're lucky enough to both, 
you know, kind of work from home. So we could take my car more. But yeah, I think it's it was just funny. I always kind of messed with him a little bit because when he had that little Kia, he loved driving my car. My car was great. Mm-hmm. But now that he went and got himself a little Dodge <laughs> Ram Hemi. Now, all of a sudden, my car is, yeah. you know, oh, shit. Do I really want to take your car? I mean, if you want to take your car. Well, I mean, I don't Lately, mind. you're not doing that because yeah. the gas is so expensive. Right. And plus, it's just your car is lower to the ground, so it's kind of like getting in and out of it. It's like, oh, my back, you know, I'm 42 years old. I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Oh, my God, you're 42. You're not dying. <laughs> but, I mean, the truck, I can easily slide in and out and not have back pain. But it's okay. But it's okay. <laughs> so, I think... um the woman who owns Spanx. Now, I know that you don't know too much about no, Spanx. No, I actually know. You I, do? I, looked, I didn't look it up, but it came across as one of my feeds. What she gave everybody that works for her. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Let me just... No, let me let you go into the story because I don't want to take it from you. Well, it's, it's a girly type thing. I know. And you've never had to wear Spanx. No, I have not. Maybe I mean, I, I can get us a pair and I'm, we'll try it on you. Maybe I should to hide my gutty buddy, but... Your you know. gutty buddy? <laughs> Do you ever start saying something and then other people start saying it too? It just makes you feel good. So he <laughs> just said gutty buddy and that's what I call my, my fupa. And <laughs> I say I have a gutty buddy. It's like my gut. And then I say Jerkosaurus Rex. Like people know on this show that like they always hear me saying something ridiculous. Well, now the six-year-old says Jerkosaurus Rex. <laughs> it's like so funny you're like i'm rubbing off on them this is amazing yes this boy's gonna be raised on sarcasm and love sarcasm and love that's exactly what i say all the time sarcasm and love you know sometimes that bites you in the ass though and um as we see with jonathan sometimes but anyway so this woman from spanx is pretty it's pretty amazing i didn't know what her story was but she has been dubbed the best boss in the world after she gifted all of her employees one hell of a celebratory present. And this is from the LED Bible. A lot of people are actually talking about it, but this is from October 24th, 2021. And I actually watched the whole video of her giving her speech. And she started her business, Spanx, like at home in her garage. Nice. And now somebody just bought into it. And I'm sure it'll say like what that is. But it was recently valued at $1.2 billion from just... In short 10 years. All right. So that gives me motivation to clean out the garage and maybe I can start something because that's how Gore started also. Gore-Tex started in the garage. Um, Apple. Yes. And Apple and his competitor. I think everybody started in garages. And they, Walt, Walt Disney. <sighs> Walt Disney started in a garage. Okay. You don't need to get on me about the garage anymore. I'll, <laughs> I'll be out there tomorrow morning cleaning it out. <laughs> yeah, right. So no, I think it's so funny. There was a thing somewhere that says you do not have to bother me every five minutes. Um, I thought somewhere, I can't remember what I was. You don't have to keep reminding me every five minutes. I'll get to it when I get to it. Something that's like six months later. I forget. I'm totally ruining it right now. Maybe that's what I said. You don't have to keep bothering me every six months. If I get to it, I'll get to it. Yeah. It's something like that. And that's you. Yes, it is. You're that guy. I'm like, look, it may not get done as quick as you want it to, but it will eventually get done. Yes. But now, I mean, maybe I should clean that garage out. Because you've been talking about wanting to invent things. I I do. I I had a couple of inventions in my head. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't even know how to start inventing anything. I just have a couple of ideas in my head. Um, I need to somehow put it on paper, try to get patents for the ideas. I don't know. Well, this woman figured it out, and it was Spanx. And if anybody knows what Spanx is, it's basically just the stuff that, like, sucks you in. And I'm assuming it's got to be, like, the really good kind. Now, see, when I wear Spanx, like, I want it to, like, 
you know, shove my fupa back in. Like, I'm going to look flat, right? It never does, though. It just makes my bubble out. So I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm not wearing fangs. I don't know. Like, my fupa never looks smaller if I wear something. Like, I almost need, like, a corset or something. Like, that's, you know, you tie it, too. Like, it can't be stretchy. I'm not sure. Anyway. (laughs) I'm just like, okay, I'm a guy. I don't really know a whole lot about hiding the fupa, but it's okay. You don't really care about that stuff, though. Uh, You love me anyway. I I got the man bod, and as long as you're you're okay with me. He keeps me warm at night, though. He's got the beard and the belly and the tattoos, and he keeps me warm. Yeah, so as long as you're okay with it, that's all that matters, because yes. I'm loving you until the day I die, mm-hmm. which will probably be soon, because you're probably going to kill me. <laughs> Sometimes I look at him like, I could probably kill him in his sleep. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, would, I don't mean that for real. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Sarah Blakely's company Spanx was recently valued at $1.2 billion after investment firm Blackstone bought a majority stake in it. While some CEOs would use that as a chance to nip off on a luxurious ho- a luxurious holiday, Sarah wanted her staff to do that instead. During a party to celebrate the valuation update, she told all of her employees that they would be getting two first-class tickets to anywhere they wanted in the world and $10,000. Spanx has more than 500 staff, so this is no small feat. In a now viral video posted on social media, Sarah asked everyone um, gathered at the party, why am I spinning the globe, she says. And it's so cute. Like, the video, like, she talks like, You know, I started this 10 years ago. I never thought we would get here. And I look all around at you and I'm like, so, you know, incredibly happy that you're all here. And we, we become like this family, blah, blah, blah. And she's having this big party for them. And she starts crying. You're like crying with her because I can't stand when somebody cries because then I'll cry. (laughs) Um, And then she starts telling them all this. And then at first she was like, I'm thinking about getting you to go anywhere you want. And you're all going to get two first class tickets wherever you want. And they're like, oh my God, everybody freaks out. Mm -hmm. And she was like, and... When you get there, you're going to need some spending money. So she's like, we're going to give you $10,000. Like, you know, an Oprah voice. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it was fantastic. You get a vacation and you get a vacation. Yeah, everybody, everybody gets a vacation. Everybody gets a vacation. That's right. So it says the video adds that her life's motto is that the more experience you have in life, the more experience you have to offer others. That's when she dropped the bombshell of what her employees were about to receive. I have bought each one of you two first class tickets to anywhere in the world. If you go on a trip, you might want to go out to a really nice dinner. You might want to go out to a really nice hotel. And so with everybody's two first-class tickets to anywhere in the world, you're each getting $10,000. If you thought the t- crowd went wild over the plane tickets, news of a cheeky ten grand in the bank made them feverish. Sarah explained that she couldn't have done it without them, as well as the women who laid the groundwork that allowed her to pursue her dreams. She started Spanx with just $5,000 and hoped one day it would be worth $20 million. And she did say that. She said, I hope it would be worth $20 million one day. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And everybody kind of looked at her like, yeah, right, whatever. You know, like they kind of blew her off. Uh, She said the dreamer explained to her staff that when she wrote that number on a whiteboard, everyone laughed at her. Look at her now. Not only has she achieved that, but she's also created an empire and a foundation, the Blakely's Red Backpack Fund, that helps female entrepreneurs. Addressed in the room, she said, this is a very big moment for each and every one of you. And I also, and I want to also toast the women that came before me and all the women in the world who have not had this opportunity. So it's like she just kind of goes on and it's so cool. Like you're starting to see, I, I really like when they highlight employers that do things like that because her company's now worth $1.2 billion. So at the end of the day, it cost her like a couple million dollars to be able to do this, right? Yeah. So, and it didn't really even hurt her because you figure millions of dollars, like you and I, a million dollars. I mean, could you imagine like the impact it would have? Like, 
sure, you could spend it pretty quickly. Like, we could go buy a half a million dollar house. You know, of course, we could. Could. And you could blow through a million these days. But she's got $1.2 billion in that company. Yeah, so that's a drop in the hat to her. Yeah, I mean, so she, I don't know what she herself gives herself. But, I mean, she has to be getting, like, a couple million a year. You know, plus bonus. You know, there has to be bonus type things and stuff like that. Because when you do well, then, like, the company's, you know, the company's doing well. The shareholders are happy. You know, that kind of stuff. And people are investing more and more, right? So your stock's going up and... You know, it's just, it's all that momentum. And then once you get that one company going, you can split off and you can make other companies, you know? So it's, it's interesting. I remember the first person that I ever worked for in um, real estate, right? I'm in real estate appraising now. And I actually really do love it. Now, if I could choose what I'm going to do every day, it would be doing this and writing books because I like to be creative. And I think I would much rather do that. But at the end of the day, do I really like real estate? Yes, I do. I actually really enjoy real estate. Do, would I want to do it full time if I didn't have to? Probably not. I would do the other thing. But in this case, I look at it. And the very first person that I worked for, his name was Mike McGavisk. And if you ever want somebody that's a really good mentor, or you ever want to reach out to somebody, he's a wonderful person. And I can give you the names of other people that I work for, but he's the first person I talked to. And the reason I'm bringing it up is he looked at me one day and he said, what do you want to do? And I said, I'd love to be a millionaire one day. So if you could do anything, what you want to do? I said, I want to be a millionaire one day. No reason why, no, no, how I was going to do it. None of that stuff. Just one day, just to say that, just to say that I did. Right. Cause so many things I've already done so far that, you know, my mom's like, wow, you know, you're the only woman to do this. You're the only woman to do that, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, I want to be a millionaire. I'll be the first millionaire, you know, my immediate family. Unless I have somebody out there that's made a million dollars. I don't know, but nobody else has. And he's like, well, once you make your first million, it's really easy to make it again and again. And that's why I always remember him, right. you know, but they have this work ethic. So like the people that are really making moves are the ones that are constantly moving all the time. They're constantly moving and shaking and all that stuff. Now I look at this woman, I'm thinking she now knows how to make a billion dollar company. So, you know, somebody like her, now that I know how to do it, now that she's already gone through it, she has the 10 years behind her belt. She can do that again and again and again. Right. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's so interesting to me. And I think it's amazing that she's, you know, doing this, giving back to her, her company, because it cost her probably five, six million dollars to be able to do that. Yes. You know, at the end of the day with all the first class tickets, you know, putting a value on them. I, I don't even know how you would do that. You would call somebody and just say, Hey, I want them to be able to go where you are and we're going to pay for it. And it doesn't matter where they go because each ticket's going to be different. Like I think one person said they want to go to Bora Bora. Somebody said they want to do something else. Um, and they were all, oh, a lot of people were saying they want to do African safaris. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's definitely not something you're going to ever get Danielle and Bruce to go do. I don't know. You might want to do an African uh, safari. You might need to go with your, like, uh, I don't know, uh, with one of your besties. Cause I ain't going to be able to do it. I rode an elephant once at a circus. I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to go there. I don't know. I'm like, I just don't know that me and Africa <laughs> are, are the place to be. Yeah. I mean, I know that they have like beautiful beaches, especially like in South America, but they have like, <laughs> it's like everywhere you go, you're like, you see, like, when they do Shark Week and it's, like, South America has, like, all these great white sharks oh, and people yeah. get it. You know what I mean? It's, like, and then you get to Australia and there's just yeah. death everything oh, over yeah. there. Yeah, I'm not going to Australia. So I don't think we'll ever go to Australia. Look, that little garden snake that was on the back porch the other day that I grabbed and put back, uh, took over to the woods, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't even want to touch that thing. I didn't want to even, I, I, me and snakes don't get along. Just, I was actually pretty surprised that you did do it because it was there was, like, a little snake that was living in a bag on our back porch. And I don't even know how I even got in there. And you handled it. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Get it, get it. I was like freaking out. You got to get it. Oh, my God. I'm like freaking out. And you did. You got it. Because you're, 
Because Jamie and I kind of pick on you a little bit. We talk about how you're kind of prissy. Like, you know, you uh, like certain yeah. things. And you're always like, well, I can't help it. I want to be clean. Yeah, I'm all about my hygiene. You know, I got special wipes and all that. But hey, it, it is what it is. It's just how <laughs> you kind of got up. me on the lifestyle, though. Yeah, I mean, even as a little kid, I'd go out and, yeah, I'd ride my bike, play with my friends or whatever. But as soon as I came in on a hot summer day, I had hit the shower. I was not going to go to bed sweaty. Um, so even as a kid, I took like two showers a day or so. Uh, I got to a point where... I spent so long in the shower as a kid. Sometimes my dad would shut the water off and I'm like <laughs> all soaked up. I'm screaming, Hey, Hey. And he's like, you're running the water bill up. I'm like, all right, just let me rinse off. You know? So <laughs> He still does it. God rest your, your dad's soul. Yes. Uh, you know, I know that I really believe, I believe people can hear us on the other side and he knows, and I'm telling you, he still does it. Um, but I have noticed that they're, they're highlighting some of these people more and more. Um, like the special things that they're doing, like as employers, like there was another guy not too long ago where they raised everybody's salary to 75000 a year, no matter what. Like you come in, it doesn't matter where you come in, like your baseline starting salary is like 75000 That's nice. And um, I always thought, and like if I was able to make anything happen, that I wanted to be that person. Yes. You know, that I expect a lot from you. I demand a lot from you because I am one of those people. But I'm going to take care of you. And I'm really going to take care of you. And, you know, I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to make sure that you're good. You know, because that to me, that's important, Right. Well, you know, because it, it stops you from having all the turnover. First right. of all, it keeps people engaged. It keeps people from wanting to be there. And I remember reading about that one guy that did the $75,000 and he was like, you know, people calling out and being miserable and the turnover and all that stuff and retraining people. Stop. He right. was like, it's very, very nil. He was like, you know, once in a blue moon, it's something. And I think he even said like the one that did leave, it was because their husband got a transfer or something or the, or the wife got a transfer or some, whatever it was. And they had to go. But it's like, it just goes to show you that when you take care of your people and you make them a priority in your life and you pay them well and you make sure that, you know, those things like, you know, you don't have to choose between your job and your family. You know, we're going to be here for you. We're going to take care of you. It really does matter. And that was one of the things I had told Jamie. I'm like, you never know where this podcast podcast is going to go. It may end tomorrow. It may not. Maybe we'll do something. Maybe we won't. But if it ever was to become really big, whoever works for us, I want them to be like, wow, they're the best fucking people i've ever worked for ever and wow what a fucking ride you know what i mean yeah, definitely so yeah. i always think about that what about you no definitely i agree with that you know you take care of your employees they take care of you um just like in any relationship like you know you take care of your spouse she's going to take care of you or he's going to take care of you or or you know however mm -hmm. um it's just in any kind of relationship if you take care of the other person or the other people involved then they take care of you i mean it gives them something to look forward to every day um, you know, uh, disgruntled worker is not going to want to put 110% in and they're just going to do the minimum and that's it. And then, you know, usually disgruntled worker is always looking for, you know, um, another job while working for you until they find something else, then they go somewhere else. Um, yeah. And then you're constantly retraining people right, and, you know, that kind of stuff. So constant turnover, but so congratulations to Sarah Blakely. What I, I watched what she had to say. And I thought she was really inspirational and it was one of those women that I look at and I'm like, wow, you know, from what I see there, from the way her employees were so excited and they were all there. It, it, she seems like somebody that I hope to aspire to one day. I might reach out for her. I, I, don't, I don't mind selling some spanks. So I'll, I'll research them. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll learn about them and uh, you know, I'll sell them. Yeah, but how, I, I don't even know how to sell. Do you know how to sell? Like we're going to have to Actually, make a product. Can, can I, you sell? I do. I do. You know how to like use like a sewing machine? Um, I've I, I might I'm a little rusty, I'm sure, because I haven't used one in a very long time. 
But I did. Um, I took, I had, well, in middle school, I had to take a home ec class where I made letter pillows. Uh, so I got, went to Joanne Fabrics, got fabric. Uh, I basically cut my name out, cut the letters out, and <laughs> I made my name. I made pillows with my name. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. Well, I've done that, but I mean, I've also like hand threaded things, like you know, that I had to do, like yeah, you know, fix some things. So I mean, I'm I'm okay at sewing. I mean, like I said, I haven't used a machine in a very long time. I'll probably need like a little refresher, but I could do so it. So maybe we could come up with our own spanks. Uh, sure. You know what? We always had talked about doing erotic novels. Yes. That we decided we would do that since, you know, you love talking about nipples so much. <laughs> <laughs> we well, talked about just, my mind, doing those. My mind's always in the gutter. Um, Most men are. And I, you know, I can't help that. It's just who I am. But yeah, I've, when I was like 12, 13 years old, I used to write smut letters to <laughs> my little girlfriends and they're like, oh my God, you know, they're like, wow, this is so good. And. You know, so yeah. Uh, oh my God! Yeah. I wish you had one somewhere so I could see what a dirtbag uh, you were when you know. were younger. Maybe if we go to my mom's house to see if I could find some stuff from high school or middle school, uh, might you know, might come across one or two. Oh know. my God! <laughs> oh yeah, I did it all. I used to make little mixtapes and sing to them, and I did. What? I, yeah, I was. Yeah. Shut up! Yeah, I was like, I don't know. It's just you know mixtapes that you would sing to. Yes. No, if you've ever heard of him, he can't really sing. No, I he suck at singing. He can't hold a note, but, but he'll do it, though. That's what I love about you, it's though. It's a thought that counts. It is a thought that counts. That's what I love about you. <laughs> I actually, I remember the first night that we met, you didn't do karaoke that night. No. No, you no, didn't do karaoke. I was too busy gazing into your eyes <laughs> and rubbing you your legs. ridiculous <laughs> any old way no but you did do karaoke at one point didn't you didn't you do it once yeah me and you got up and did some karaoke did we? um you didn't know the song it was uh this tim mcgraw it's your love and you had no clue what song but it was you're like what's this and i'm like so i went and grabbed my headphones really quick and i put it on i think pandora or something i was like here listen to it real quick before we go up on stage and sing it so you know like how it goes but yeah we did that oh my god how drunk was i I, don't I know. vaguely remember that. Well, I'm just always a sober driver. I know I mean, he's the sober driver. Ladies, go get you a man who likes to have fun without drinking, because then he'll drive you around yeah. all the time. I mean, fantastic. Yeah, I'll have like a couple beers, but then like the last couple of hours, I, I just won't drink, or you know what I mean. I'll drink water or something. Yeah. Anyway, well, let me see. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. Okay, so I'm in this this private group that a friend of mine has, and I'm not going to say what it is because she wants to keep it private. But they found something. <laughs> it was like a screenshot of a class that somebody was offering. And it's called wet yoga class. Wet yoga. Yeah. Okay. And it says you will be completely soaked in herbal liquid. Go ahead, say it. <laughs> Go ahead, say it. Do it. What? I got herbal liquid for you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't act like you didn't do it. I got some herbs and spices. Yeah, I got some herbs and spices for you. <laughs> Attendees must learn how to fold, unfold their genitals. How do you... Well, okay. Go ahead, say it. I'll unfold your genitals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll open them up and stretch them. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, you're so gross. <laughs> but hey, so this gross. is what we do. Like, when we're... <laughs> 
sometimes, you know, we sit across each other. I love you. I love you. And then at night, sometimes I'm like, you want to be stretched? <laughs> I know. He does. Well, because you know, if you sit in but a I mean chair. Her, I mean her legs, though. Yeah. Usually. Well, it's, well, I sit in a chair for a long time because I'm typing appraisals all day. So I go out usually like one day a week with like the odd whatever day where I have to go inspect houses. But usually there's one day a week where I go out and I blow through like 20 houses. And the rest of the time I'm sitting on my butt doing appraisals. And you really start to get rickety. And so I'll look at him and I'm like, babe, I need to be stretched out. And I'll like lift up my leg and he'll like stretch my legs for me or whatever because they really get tight. And so he was like, oh, you want me to stretch you out? I'll stretch you out. I'll stretch you good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm stretching her legs and rubbing her feet. She loves that. Yeah, I know. He like knocked me out last night. Poor guy was hoping he was going to get lucky and I had fallen asleep on you. I'm like rubbing her feet and usually she, you know, she's just, oh, that's good. That's good. And then next thing you know, I hear, shh. And I was like, all right, let me turn over. Time for me to go to sleep. Anyway, all right, back to this thing. It says, do not attend if you can't hold your breath for 33 lunar seconds. No idea what the hell that's all about. What is the 33 lunar second? It know. says, buckets and rags available for $6. Free tree bark snack provided. And then it says, in parentheses, there will be loud screaming. Well, it says, please do not eat onions 48 hours before class. Oh, because of the smell. I'm starting to think this is kind of like sarcasm. Like, or I don't think it's real. Well, I think it's, if you're going to be sweating and stuff, uh, the onions and garlic, things like that, you start, if you eat a lot of it, it starts pour, going through your pores. It goes pores. through your pores, yeah. You smell it and it's pretty disgusting. So, if you know. It says, please bring signed waiver green to allow the great horned owl to observe you silently for the duration of the wet yoga practice. <laughs> this has got to be bullshit. It's got to be. I think it's somebody just like fucking with people. Um, a lunar, you never know, though. Th- 33 lunar seconds is approximately 33 seconds. So it's the same thing. Yes. So, okay. God, really? <laughs> Gotta love Google. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, let me see. It's got to be BS. I'm thinking it's BS. I think it's got to be. Oh, we can look into it. Oh, what? what? Oh, you want to do hot yoga with me? Or wet yoga? Sure. Well, so let me see. What else do we have? You're like a freeloader. You just came on a podcast and you didn't have shit. Yeah. How dare you? Well, I don't know. I mean, of course, you know, I... Scroll on the facey book and all that the stuff. Facey book and uh, the book of face. <laughs> the book of the face. Yeah, I scroll all that stuff sometimes. And lately, um, I actually have a TikTok account, but I don't ever really go on it. Um, I do see like videos, TikTok videos through my Facebook feed, this and that. So, and then uh, I don't know, like a lot of things I follow are the news. Um, oh my god, he is a um, accident chaser. He loves him a good accident. So anytime something's going on around here, his phone goes off. And like last night, I felt like such a day. Or was it last night or this morning? No, it was this morning. The window's open. Yes. And I could hear. This morning, yes. Like ambulance or something. Yes. And we live really far back in our neighborhood. It's a mile and a half in. Yes. Really, like literally a mile and a half into our neighborhood. That's how big our neighborhood is. We're at the very last street, at the very last turn you can possibly go on. And you can still hear traffic for some reason. It's really annoying. 
But anyway, so this morning I kept hearing it and I was going, Jesus Christ, like when is it just going to fucking pass already? There's all the sirens. I come to find out it was like the neighborhood like across the creek from us. Yes. There was a house fire. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like the biggest dick in the world because somebody's house is like burning down. And I'm like, could you just hurry up and shut your alarms off? Yeah. Because we were, I was tired. Usually like we get up, we put the kids on the buses and all that stuff. And usually it's um, the older ones go first at the same time. And then I come back home and I get back in bed. And then he takes the little six-year-old off and gets him on the bus and all wakes him up and gets him on the bus. And then he comes home like, and then he gets into bed and we usually go back to sleep. Right. Don't we? We go back right. to sleep for like an hour. My boss calls and she's like, are you playing on work? And I'm like, yeah, 9 o'clock. I used to get on at like 7.30, 8 o'clock. Now at like 9 o'clock I come to work. Yeah, I have this app called Pulse Point, and it doesn't really give you a whole lot. of It just tells you if it's a medical emergency, if it's a fire, if it's a traffic collision. Uh, it kind of tells you the vicinity, sometimes the actual address of where it's at, but don't really give you a whole lot of details. It basically tells you what stations are going out there, fire stations are going out there to take care of the situation. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was telling her, I was like, there's a fire in, you know, Milltown Road. Um, and then I there had a thing on... First- it wasn't on Milltown Road. It was Milltown Race. It was like the... Oh, okay. Yeah, it was I'm the sorry. neighborhood across from the yeah. creek from us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is why the alarm, like the sirens, didn't stop. Yeah, and then I saw the story. I think First Date Update posted the story, and it was um, a seventy-eight-year-old male and like a seventy-five-year-old woman. Uh, the male ended up getting out of the house uh, with minor injuries. The female ended up succumbing to her injuries. <gasps> oh my God! Seriously? Yeah. So you just did that to make me feel like a worse person. No, no, I don't want to. I don't want you to feel worse. Oh my it's God. Just, it's just, I mean, it's fact. It's just what happened. And, you know, rest in peace. You know, I feel bad. Uh, oh, my gosh. That. that is awful. But, um, but yeah, I grew up as a, as a kid. My dad always listened to his CB radio and the police scanner. And that's what I'm used to. I'm yeah, used my parents to- like it, too. The police scanners. Well, for my brother, they're always like, you know, in case something happens, they always like, well, want to listen. So. Right. And then my dad, when he was younger, in his heyday, he used to be a volunteer firefighter uh, for Mill Creek. Um, so he would go out and even when I was a little kid, even when he wasn't a firefighter anymore, even as a little kid, if we saw an accident, uh, before any kind of police or EMT personnel came out, uh, we would stop and check it out and he would call on the CB radio channel nine, the emergency channel and calling for police and all that. Uh, one instance, I remember a van got flipped over on his roof and a man must've been a painter. He was covered in white paint. And I remember I was like seven years old. Um, my dad called in. The emergency channel on the CBs before cell phones, and um, they sent the trooper, I guess it's Trooper 4, out to pick the man up and, you know, take care of him. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, you yeah, know, like your dad that. called the chopper in, yeah. in a way. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I mean, I've seen some gruesome stuff as a kid, too, but... I always said, I was like, you should probably go and do, like, some volunteer firefighting or something when the kids get a little bit older, when we have a little more freedom. Again, I don't know if you can at that point. You'll be so old. <laughs> yeah, you're so decrepit. We'll just be so old. Oh. Um, but on another note, before we're gonna wrap things up, because we're at like 49, okay. so we got like a lot of momentum with our Chappelle, yeah, right thing because they were yes. like people were trying to cancel Chappelle. Yes. And I finally did get to watch it, and I was like, oh wow, he like blatantly like comes for them. Right. I kind of felt like it anyway. Mm, I, mean, I kind of felt like him coming to be like you know. For certain people from the community, whatever, like the cancel culture community, that kind of stuff. And so I did finally watch it. And I was like, oh, okay. Not necessarily that people should be walking off their jobs and canceling Chappelle and all that bullshit. 
I don't know, because the generation we're from, we just didn't do that. So we don't understand it. And I don't know, to me, I'm kind of like, well, you use the platform to educate, you know, if you don't like what he said, educate, that kind of thing. But, you know, all this, you know, because we don't like it, because that, it, you know, it, because we don't like it, we want it to go away, you know, basically. Well, we didn't really get like a whole backlash from it, I guess, because a lot of people understand where we're coming from, but we're also allies. So at the same time, it's like, we want everybody to do you. We want you to feel comfortable with you. But at the same time, you know, there's also going to be these opposing opinions. And I feel like it's time for us to educate. Like for us, you know, you and I, like the way we raise our kids, you know, we're fine with our kids, you know, if they're gay or bi or whatever they want to be, you know, right. we don't really care about any of that stuff. We just want our kids to be healthy and all that. We don't really care happy. who they bring home as exactly. long as they're good people, you know, that, and we don't care what color. It doesn't matter to us as long as they're good people. So I kind of feel like the momentum that people are wanting to use, it's getting there. You know, it's like, you know, the generations are starting to pick it up. Like we're starting to get used to it. Like our kids are very used to seeing transgender kids. They're very, I mean, because my son has a lot of transgender kids in his school, you know, all that. We didn't have all that. No, we didn't. We didn't really have any of that at all. Like you didn't come to school swinging like that, but... Or if they did, if they were transgender or... We didn't have uh, transgender. I didn't have a single gay. transgender. I, when I, I went to Del Castle and there was a transgender student, you used to always get in fights. Uh, somebody always, It was a, a male transferring... Trans, I don't know how the word... Male was. to female. Yeah, going to female. And um, there was always issues there with that person. But I, I got along with everybody. I'm like, hey, be who you are as long as you're not hurting me. And, you know, we're good. Right. And so, I mean, when I saw that, I was like, okay, like, I kind of understand, like, he kind of came for that community. I mean, but it was the way that, you know, he saw it and he was upset. He had a friend and that friend took up for him and the community kind of came after the friend and the friend then killed themselves. And he was angry about it. He was angry. And I think you could kind of tell that he was angry about how those people were treated. He thinks it's pretty shitty. And frankly, I do too. You know, I kind of have to agree with him to a certain extent, but... What I do think is interesting is this person, and this is from the mirror. And it only, it came up, not part of the Chappelle thing in any kind of way, shape, or form. But I was just like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, get the fuck out of here with this bullshit. So, trans woman who sued beauty clinics for refusing to wax her scrotum. Oh, yeah. Loses case. I remember that story. Like, come on, bitch. (laughs) Come on, bitch. No. So it says a human rights tribunal has rejected a transgender woman's claim. She was discriminated against when beauty therapists, I love how they call them beauty therapists. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. I want to be, I don't know, like an appraisal therapist or something. I don't know. I want to do something like that. It feels good. Might add another six figures to your income. Yeah, exactly. When a beauty, when beauty therapists refuse to wax her scrotum. Jessica Yaniv, who identifies as female but has male genitalia, had contacted multiple beauty salon businesses in British Columbia, Canada, requesting waxes. A tribunal heard staff refuse, or tribunal heard staff refused, that feels weird, a tribunal heard staff refused to perform the pubic hair removal procedure after she revealed she had a full set of male genitalia. Yaniv files filed complaints against multiple beauty salons claiming that estheticians' refusal to wax her scrotum was discriminatory. But according to the tribunal's Tuesday decision, Yanev's complaint was not genuine. The British Columbia Human Rights Tribunal ruled she had gone on a campaign campaign both to enrich herself at the expense of South Asians and to punish them for what she she viewed as transphobia. Now she has been forced to pay the workers over the case, 
which saw one forced out of business as a result of Yanov's claim. She got somebody out of business. Right. Like, are you fucking kidding me? The only thing I can think of, though, is that they'll do, like, the waxes on us. That's what I'm saying. And they don't do it on them. They don't want to do it on your ball sack. Yeah, that's one thing. I I mean, so they give women, you know, the Brazilian and all that. But I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't do that Yeah, it's bikini waxes. Yeah. Yeah. So it says, the tribunal said Yanov had had manufactured the conditions for a human rights campaign. Wow. Basically saying, like, get the fuck out of here with your shit. When she demanded bikini waxes from several salons, despite still having a full set of male genitalia. A number of salon workers voiced religious objections to carrying out the procedures. Others said they weren't appropriately trained in waxing a scrotum. Because some of the salons in question had never offered services to wax anyone's scrotum, the tribunal said, it could not be said to be discriminating against Ms. Yanov. The verdict from the tribunal read, Human rights legislation does not require a service provider to wax the type of genitals they are not trained for and have not consented to wax. Yaniv, the ruling said, targeted small businesses, manufactured the conditions for a human rights complaint, and then leveraged that complaint to pursue a financial settlement from parties who were unsophisticated and unlikely to mount a proper defense. I really enjoy this. This is one of those things where it was. Like, you went out knowing goddamn well you were being an asshole. Right. You were creating a goddamn problem. Right. And thankfully, somebody said, you know what? You're full of shit. You were trying to basically extort money out of these people and create all this, you know, drama around yourself, stating that it was my my right as a person and how dare you do this to me. I really find it nice when they come out and they just say what it is because so many people don't want to do that now. But on the other side of that, and not to get too personal, but, you know, uh, I've tried Nair. Oh, um, my God. I remember when you did it. You burned your balls. I burnt my scrotum, and it felt like sunburn uh, down there, and it was painful <laughs> for a few days till it started healing. So, I'm thinking if those beauty therapists can be trained in how to take care of the hair on a scrotum, I don't know. I think I might start investing in that if I, you know keep myself clean down there and not have to worry about burning myself. Cause I tried razors and all they do is cut. Um, I stay, I get, I get nicked and everything else. And I don't like that feeling either. Maybe that's something we should think about. Ball waxing. Well, I won't. Do that it. could be something you could make. I mean, I could, you could create a ball wax. I can create the actual a, wax. A good wax that would go, that would be safer. Safe for, for balls. that type of skin. Yeah. That's yeah. a good idea. We got to patent that because now somebody's going to hear that. <laughs> um, so let's patent that right away. Um, that's a good idea because it's, it's true. Like I like to be clean down there. I'm like, I'm, most guys do. I, I would, I would think, um, you know, and then you have the people in the, you know, the sex work and all that, the porn stars, they like to be clean. So maybe, you know, it might be a thing. Maybe it would be a new way. Maybe there's like some way we can find out with certain herbs that are like, okay, for your ball sack. Right. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. The evidence Yaniv herself gave was, according to the tribunal, disingenuous and self-serving. Welcoming the verdict, Jay Cameron, a lawyer for the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, which represented five of the respondents in Vancouver targeted by Yaniv, said... Self-identification does not erase physiological reality. The organization said its clients were women from a diverse range of ethnic backgrounds, including two beauty therapists who belong to the Sikh faith. The Sikh faith. Sikh? 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 S-I-K-H? I don't want to say that wrong. Uh, I don't know. Sikh? 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 I'm not sure how to... Sikh faith? 
I'm so sorry. If I'm saying that wrong, I apologize to anyone who is of that faith. I don't mean to be um, ignorant and I will learn how to say that um, mo if I'm saying it wrong. Most of the women who were the target of Yaniv's complaints worked from their own home or immigrants to Canada do not have English as a first language and some have small children with them in the house during the day. Wow. Like, the more I'm seeing this, the more this person's a fucking dickhead. Yeah. The JCCF said its clients had refused to provide the service for reasons including a lack of personal comfort, safety concerns, a lack of training, and in some cases, religious objections. Cameron said, our clients do not offer the service requested. No woman should be compelled to touch male genitals against her will irrespective of how the owner of the genitals identifies. Wow. The tribunal's decision noted that Yanov had brought most of her 15 complaints against female workers who were from diverse ethnic backgrounds. In some cases, she had requested waxing of her arms and legs, and in five instances, she had requested appointments for pubic hair waxing. The decision said the businesses she approached did not provide male genitalia waxing services. The decision also highlighted Yanov's racial animosity both on social media and in her testimony. In one tweet, she promised to expose the bigotry of Indian women and who would not serve her. Wow, what a piece oh, of dirt. Shit, this is one of those yeah. people that goes out, orders ice cream, and then gets mad that there's milk in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we had somebody like that. Like, we've talked about, like, people that have done some absurd things and tried to it's sue. Like a male version of the Karen. Yeah. I mean, well, no, not this is way beyond that. Oh, well, yeah, I guess. This is, this is absolutely insane. This is somebody going on and on and on, like, just to be a dick. And I think we've met people like this where they want to be offended somewhere and they try to use it, you know, so that they can, you know, force you into doing what they want to do or they're going to sue you. And actually, I think she knew that these people didn't want to do it. She knew they were uncomfortable. And then to create a problem and to force them to sort of approve of who she is, she sort of tried to extort money out of them. Which I think is just disgusting in and of itself. And she deserves yeah. every fucking thing she gets. So, I don't know. I mean, it's one thing to ask and then try to push them and make them do it and then sue them when they won't. That's kind of wrong. Yeah, it's like, and she knew it though. Like, from what they're saying, it wasn't like she went to like main, like huge places. You know, like she went to these like small mom and pop shops knowing they probably wouldn't fight back because they didn't know how or they had language barriers and things like that and they were just afraid. So, it was almost like she targeted them specifically, made a stink about them. You know, to, like, in her mind, she's like, well, not in her mind, she knows what she's doing. She knows that she doesn't give a fuck about what people, like, she's not really trying to move her community forward. She just wants to cause trouble. Right. She just wants to be a loud mouth. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, nobody wants to deal with somebody like her. I wouldn't want to fucking deal with her. Right. So, in other tweets, she railed against immigrants to Canada in general, claiming some gawk and judge and aren't exactly the cleanest people. Yanov had brought over a dozen complaints in total seeking damages in the region of $15,000 each from several beauty salons. She was ordered to pay $2,000 to three of the women. Wow, she complained about one of whom was forced out of business as a result of the case. What a fucking dick. Yeah, that's a shame. No pun intended, but your behavior, <laughs> you're acting like a dick. What a shitty thing to do to somebody. Yeah. And you fucking deserve every fucking thing you're getting, Yaniv. Especially these days of COVID and everything, small businesses are striving to stay afloat. And you're yeah, exactly. Like, how dare you do that to somebody else? And I don't know. That's one of those things that you're like, you know what? You get what you get. And I hope your community isn't rallying behind you. You know what I mean? Because somebody to do something like that, it wasn't for your community. They were doing something exactly self-serving. Right. And they wanted to hurt other people. And yeah. you would think that the community would be like, you know what? We don't claim her. She's not invited to our barbecue. Right. That's they, kind of where I'm at with that. They a point and ended up backfiring on them. Yeah. But in the meantime, we're going to wrap things up. And remember, next week, Jamie's going to come back. You can find us wherever you can hear podcasts. So specifically, you can find us on like iTunes and our mother account is SoundCloud. 
But we have one thing that nobody else has, and that is you can find us on the radio. That's right, the Hudson, uh, the WMLD, the Voice of Hudson Valley Radio, every Friday at 10 a.m. And if you miss it, that's okay, because they're going to play it again on Saturday night at 7, we think. Still, I still have not tried to listen in to see if we're on there or not. I don't know. Um, But if you miss it, then you'll see us on um, our SoundCloud page right around 11 o'clock. So we will catch you next week. Same bad channel, same bad time. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye.